What is going on, baseball fans? My name is Jack, joined here by Lorenzo, and we are a baseball podcast who are going to talk about baseball today. There was trades, there were signings. Roll the intro music. Just kidding. It rolled before. I just gave you a thumbs up because I was like, oh, yeah, intro music is rolling. This sounds good. No, it clearly rolls before, I think. Does it roll before? I don't know. Dude, whenever I edit this, I change my mind. So we're going to find out where it rolls. (laughs) I might just roll it right now. (laughs) Oh, I did want to mention this to our loyal fans. I think I want a new intro song. So if any of you guys do music and you want to send in some stuff. I mean, it could really be anything. I would like some singing in it. I would like a sing, a song, like a little singing in it, some lyrics. Yeah. A little singing in it would be great. Yeah, I, I think we want to kind of change like the vibe of the intro in general. So it should be fun. I think a new song would rejuvenate us. We'd be like, oh yeah, this sounds good. But I feel like our lollygagging is going to be at a minimum today because I am genuinely like excited to get into the weeds of baseball. Like, for the first time in a while, we have so much. It took a little bit, but we got the the kind of, like, the frenzy we expected. It didn't happen the day after the lockout. It took, like, 48 hours, and it was more of, like, a drizzle than a downpour. But we still got a ton of moves, and it it feels good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to blame anyone except ourselves because— That's fair. We were expecting insanity. (laughs) And it was basically, I mean, it sucked, really. I like that. That should be our motto. We're not going to blame anybody but ourselves because we set ourselves up for failure with our expectations. Yeah, it was, I mean, the first two days were bad. Yeah, I was so, you know, it got bad when I was just like scrolling through Twitter and the most exciting thing that happened was Jeff Passan just bodying people. And I was just like, this is the only thing that's good. (laughs) But this is why it's our fault because it was, that's normal. Like, there is never truly – and like, we thought it would be something that it's never been, mm-hmm. but, like, why would we think that? So, but, yeah, crazy moves. We're going to go through the list in a chronological order. Can I bring some optimism to the pod and, like, present mm-hmm. a different point of view? I think this approach is probably better than the crazy storm, and to be honest. Like, the trickle, yeah. because, like, every day you wake up and there's a new – What's going to happen today? Where's Korea going to sign? And although it may feel like it's dragging a little bit, I do think it's like it keeps baseball hotter in the streets because like um, spring training, I don't know about you. I love it first week. But after the first week, I'm like, just give me regular games. Like I get over it pretty quickly. So at least with like the free agents pending, I'm kind of still wondering where people are going to sign. That's a good point. Having free agency go through spring training. Helping. Isn't. It's not like it doesn't make sense, but if that could happen every year, it'd be kind of fun. It would be fun if we didn't get like December, January, nothing. Like if there was like still sprinkles and signings and like there was like yeah. something to look forward to in the dead of the winter, then I'd be into it. Well, actually, there's normally winter meetings though, and that's kind of like the that is fun. F- spring training of free agency. I think that they should do – I think we talked about this before, not to go off too topic. They got to do like an all-star game or something in like the winter every year where it's just like this. Yeah. Like in the middle of January, player, you have something to watch and like look forward to, and it gets you excited for baseball. But Oh, yeah. Um, he, here's a little – I mean let's just get off topic right away. I saw that um, – well, one, my balls were hairy. Now they're not. Thank you, Man Dave, for sponsoring oh, this episode. Oh, that's huge. And two – the draft is now going to be a part of All-Star Weekend, and it's going to be like a show. Really? Yeah, which we I think we talked about a lot last year. There's rumors of it, or maybe we were just rooting for it, but that will now be a thing. Can I ask you a dumb question? 
Maybe it isn't yes. dumb, but it's probably dumb. Most likely. Why is the draft in the middle of MLB season? I I don't know. Probably because the season is like most of the year. But wouldn't it make more sense to have the draft in like December and like the off season and make it kind of like a thing that you could like look forward to? Yeah. I the, mean it's so hard to, to follow the draft in the middle hope. of June. Like how am I supposed to keep track of which prospects are going where and it's like June first? And I'm like Yeah. Is is hockey's draft in during the season too? Off season. MLB is the yeah, only so. one who does the draft in the season. And now they're just moving it. Well, when was it before? It was May or June. It was like early. It was like not April, but it was May or June. I can look it up. So now they're just pushing it to it's like July 17th this year or something. I guess maybe, they, maybe it's like a baseball season thing. or maybe. How, I don't know. Well, I guess it could work because there always is that kind of like dead of All-Star game. Like you have those one or two days when there's nothing to talk about. Because the All Star Game hasn't started yet, or the Home Run Derby isn't going on, so I guess yeah. that could work. I mean, realistically, it would probably just be like the Futures Game, yeah. Where it's like I don't know if anyone really watches it. That's fair. Uh, just interesting little tidbit. Just another, yeah, another little tidbit. It's kind of like before I do like we get into the signings and trades. That's something I've noticed the past couple of years as we've like gotten more and more into baseball. There's a lot of things that happen in MLB and baseball that like people who've been a fan of baseball their whole lives don't even like blink an eye at but it's like if you take yeah. a step back and look at it from somebody who's like like still trying to like find like the like the whole sport as a whole it's like that's kind of weird there's a lot of that stuff all right i have a google search answer which Ooh. is like the first thing that popped up so you know it's like probably not that helpful but that's obvious it is because it is because this is when people start to graduate from college and high school. This means that a fresh batch of picks will be now be available. So, so right when people are graduating, it's just, you can like they're fresh for the pickings. <laughs> Seems like we could wait a couple months, guys. They're yeah. still gonna be there. I, mean, <laughs> I guess that makes sense because I guess. the true off season is like Christmas. I guess that's true. And then like, yeah, it would be weird at first to shift it, but I don't think that's a valid reason. It's like, oh, because they graduate then. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, maybe wait five months and then you could get to them. But yeah, just don't graduate school. Yeah, just skip school, which is obvious, which is what we did, which is why I'm about to do an ad for our Patreon, guys. If you guys want to get an extra episode of this podcast every single week with the season coming up, uh, there's going to be a ton to talk about just like on today's episode. And we're not going to be able to get to it all every week. So if you guys want to hear the questions that we didn't get to, you want to ask us stuff and just hear more baseball talk, go to patreon.com slash we get ice. You get an extra episode of this podcast, access to a baseball discord server where you get our live reaction. I was in there last night talking about Freddie Freeman and how sad I was for about a good hour sending funny memes. So go to patreon.com slash we get ice, help support the show today with the upcoming baseball season. And we love and appreciate all of you. Best oh. way to help support the show, too. If you like us, that helps us a lot, and we appreciate all of you little cuties. Oh, my God, Jack. I completely forgot. We have some new patrons that I have to read their names Uh-oh. off of. Shout out to Connor, Aiden, and Rory, our newest patrons. Hmm. Huge for them. A Rory Borealis. I like the name Rory. I would like it's that a good name. name. It is a good name. Let's yeah. start talking about baseball. We're going to go chronological order, I feel like, but we'll probably end up bouncing a bouncing around a lot a ton of moves happened Correa and Story haven't gone off the board at the time of of, we're recording Mm -hmm. this so if they do sign when we're done that's going to be an unfortunate moment for us but we're going to talk about all the other signings I'm just going to go through them and then if we find one that interests us we'll just kind of delve into it Carlos Rodon went to the Giants two years 44 million that was the first contract 
Mm-hmm. Didn't I didn't get too interested. The only thing I, my only take on that is I wanted him to be a Red Sox, so it's like oh, that's a little sad. Right. He was kind of that name going around for like those yeah. big market teams that they wanted to. What just the Gi- the Giants had the most wins in baseball, but I think maybe who knows. Um, no, they did. There's there's really no way to find out. Um, <laughs> if, no research possible. <laughs> like you think just those big teams like Red Sox, Yankees, the teams. Oh, we need pitching. That's like the number one name mm-hmm. where, you, where you wouldn't love it. Like you want a Scherzer, For but sure. that's like the second option. And now it's fast forward a couple weeks. We're learning that or a couple days, I guess. Wow, it's been a crazy. It's been a crazy. <laughs> the lockout days. ended a week ago. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. So it's been a week. Okay. Um, that now that was like the best available like we're really learning that there's not and you'll see as we go through these names there's not that many starters available to just like throw money at and have them on your team so looking back especially after you lose gossman this is i I think i like this i think it's a good move for the giants in the sense that rodon's one of those pitchers that we're kind of kind of forgets on the giants but he's like the third starter on a really good team he's the guy i thought the mets were gonna go get before they made their big trade tease yeah like he's the kind of guy like you have a really good rotation and you just kind of punch him in and he's like he has upside but you know if he gets hurt you're not screwed and that's kind of where the giants are at with him i just think the fact that we're like even talking this much about carlos rodon no disrespect to him kind of shows like how little pitchers were out there it was just like, oh, there's like nobody. Right. If you, I mean, it's Rodon or kind of bust on the like the starting pitcher market. He was kind of a stud. He was a stud last year. Threw uh, a no hitter. He was uh he had a yeah. good ERA with the Reds for the White Sox. He's been a stud his whole career when he's healthy. He just has an injury yeah. history. So I guess at the point of recording, which we'll just stop saying because obviously, like if we did, you know, whatever. Um this is really the only big move the Giants have made. Which I think a lot of people. I mean, you lose mm-hmm. Bryant, you so you're looking at this like, oh, I mean, we lost Gossman, we got Rodon, but that's it. Like they're not really. I mean, they were a good team last year for sure, but were they overperforming? I don't know. And then they lose their one of their best pitchers and then replace it with Rodon. Like, is that enough in a division that has gotten crazy? I don't know. It is a weird signing because you kind of, uh, or at least I feel like we naturally expect the Giants to revert a little bit. Like, even if they had the exact same team, they were going to be, they weren't going to have the same season. And yeah. it feels like they haven't improved while we'll talk about at the end of the show, the Dodgers got a lot better. So it's right. like, it, it is a weird because I kind of, everyone was talking about how the Giants had money to throw around and how much like they were going to go out and get it. And then they lost Buster Posey. They lost Kevin Gossman and they didn't. They replaced Gossman, but they're kind of relying on Joey Bart to replace maybe one of the greatest catchers we've seen. So it's yeah. it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty crazy to shift off that whole pitching staff or like not really like refurbish that pitching staff and lose Posey in the offseason. Not wanting Chris Bryant to Oh, they did also um we can talk about it while we're here. They also did just sign Jock Peterson as well. So that That's is true. That is a good outfield move. Um I think that yeah. probably is what they were looking like they probably in their heads, especially because we've talked about how much the Giants bashed Chris Bryant, they're probably like, Jock's just as good. So they did go jo- yeah. get Jock Peterson, which I think is a fun move. Yeah, they give give him kind of a prove it deal. I think he got a one year six million. Yeah, it was a one year contract. Which is pretty interesting. Um kind of a like he's gonna be a DH, can play the outfield. Wow. When the shift goes away. So that's what this that's what this contract is. If he has a good season, then the shift goes away and the DH stays, which it will. He's could be very valuable. 
Mm-hmm. Great call on your part. One year, six million off the top of your head. That's kind of you no, love your jock. I'm excited I for love... the pearls to go to San Francisco. <laughs> I'm a huge jock guy. Um, I remember my first class in high school. I walk in. I I randomly get seated next to my best friend. First class, seven thirty-five, freshman year high schools, which was huge for me. That's big. Front row, U.S. history, I think. World mm. history, maybe. Doesn't matter. Semantics. Um, but we, I talked a lot about Jock Peterson and how he was like, like he was that young, fun guy, and the Dodgers weren't really like. I mean, this was. A decent this was like what like eight years ago so the dodgers were like not that dominant team they're yeah. a really fun young guy i don't know why i started talking about this but i like jock i like him in a giant's uniform good for him i expected a coming of age story to come out of that i was like where are we going we ended up in freshman no, year just, like first well, yeah, day of school i was like what's going on here <laughs> let, me, let me let me i've been in a weird spot lately yeah you're um, in a weird mood today I'm actually doing better today That's than huge. I have in the last couple of days. Mm. I like when you're mentally unstable. It's better. Yeah. Great for content. I mean, yeah. You want to hear a funny no. jock stat real quick? Because I... Okay. You can't you can't say jock stat and not expect me to laugh. <laughs> I want you to laugh. That's the That's point of the show. Thing. We should do that. Jock strat? Like jock strap. Oh. What's a good jock strat mm. stat? I like that. That's a good... I like that. I'm very funny. I'm happy I came up with that. Jock, did you know Jock Peterson hit 36 home runs in a season? I did not know yes. that. And then he in, did. In um, what, 2016 and a half? 2016 and a half? No, 2019 and a half. He was just three years off, but close enough. Really close. Huge for Jock, but I like that for the Giants. I do think that they didn't get a whole lot better. And overall, I hope they have another move in the tank. Go, Giants. Go be something. Because the, the Giants are such a weird one because on paper, before they were like not that good, mm. but then they just played really well. Now on paper, I guess you could say they just like it's kind of like a wash so far. Yeah. So, but I mean, we they were in the same position last year. So who knows? Go win some games. Go prove us wrong. I am rapidly becoming a bigger fan of the Giants. Like we've done, we've had a big orange critique session on this podcast before, and mm. I I'm starting to warm up a little orange? bit. Orange, the color, like we've we've hated on the color orange on baseball uniforms oh, quite a oh, bit. Oh, oh, right, right. We've right. we've been adamant against it, and um, Giants are winning me over a little bit with their uniforms. Like I'm seeing some of these jersey swaps and stuff, and I'm like, it kind of, it works a little bit. Like I saw Jock in a Giants uniform, and slight movement. I was like, that's pretty good. The Giants cream jerseys are, are for me a top three, top three in baseball. The orange ones I are just, like, maybe, like, top 30 for me. Yeah, and that's saying something. So yeah. I was looking at it, and I didn't – I'm slowly – orange is slowly growing on me slightly, but not a whole lot. Um, Speaking of NOS while we're here anyways, Kershaw resigns with the Dodgers. Very boring move, but also I kind of like it in a weird way. I'm torn on it. it it's like leftovers. It, I'm going to have it, but I don't, I don't love it. It's a Freddy to the Braves if that had happened to a lesser extent. Yeah. But – it's a, uh, it's cr- necessary for the Dodgers. I if agree. they didn't do this, it changes a lot because their rotation is a little bit weirder than people think it is. There's kind of a lot of questions in there. Mm-hmm. Still good. Maybe we're spoiled because like the du- it's like oh yeah you lost Max Scherzer, but it's like it's insane that they even had him to begin with. Yeah. But now you look at 
at Kershaw just coming back. And he's not like this old dude that maybe has a good year in him. He's still like really good. <laughs> Poor Clay Kershaw has somehow, it's because he's been in baseball so long. We all just think he sucks now. He got yeah. a dude, Clay Kershaw got a one year contract, and the past three seasons, his ERAs are 303, 216, and three and a half. Yeah. I, That's I really good. This, <laughs> oh, yeah. I might, I'm probably making this up. Who knows? But I think he got a f- team friendly deal because he wanted to stay with the Dodgers, and they clearly have an insane payroll. Makes sense. Because, I mean, you if you go to like a, another team, they would have to pay, like, they would pay a ton of money. Like, how. How far off is he from that Verlander deal where Verlander's getting like 20 mil, a, 20 mil a year? Like, that's insane. Or who would you rather have, Rodon or Kershaw? Right. Uh, and he got less than Rodon did, AAV-wise. I'm like, yeah, how did crazy. this happen? I, I guess at this point you're just expecting him to, like, get hurt or something. I don't know. I, my theory is that he's been too good. Is that now that he's not like this is like he's getting a bad rep from like I feel like from the market because he's not one point two ERA Kershaw anymore that people just think he's like not good or they're like oh he's destined to continue to like decline at a steep rate when yeah. it's like the guy is still getting a ton of outs and he's still I nasty mean, especially on a team or in a league that starting pitching free agents are so rare, as we talked about before. On the market, like, when there's nobody. I'm like, why wasn't yeah. there a market for Kershaw? Everybody needs starting pitching. Yeah, that's that's puzzling. But at the same time, it's like there was never Kershaw to the Red Sox rumors. He could have gone anywhere. I, but if, there was only – it was Rangers or um, – Or Dodgers. Dodgers. And I guess at that point, when you're that good, it's just more about, like, he's not going to move to New York. I see. I think I, that has to be it. I like your yeah. point. It has to be Kershaw didn't want to play anywhere but to, besides L.A. Because if Kershaw signed, a let's say, a four-year, $80 million contract with the Red Sox, would you have blinked an eye? Like a bad deal? No. I would have been hyped. I would have been like, let's go. Yeah. That's a great signing. Well, that's why pitchers are so weird, too, because he's not old. Like He's 32. He's older. 32 is cra- – that's crazy. Dude, Freddie Freeman's 32 years old. They're the same it's age. Insane. Yeah, he just has, has pitched so much. He's pitched a lot. You're giving him one-year deals, and he's 32. It's crazy. And also, Freddie also had a pretty tough time on the market as well, which we'll get to later, which mm-hmm. is kind of – I do have a at, – at the end of the show, I'm going to reveal a, a developing opinion I have. I'm excited about it. I've been crafting it. But, yeah, Kershaw – and honestly, just quickly on the actual on-field effect, the Dodgers, like you mentioned this earlier, Dodgers really needed Kershaw. Like he's still yeah. a guy guy, and their rotation has a lot of ifs. Like their lineup is ridiculous, but their rotation, a lot of question marks there. A lot of They're relying a lot on young guys and some guys to kind of step up. And adding Kershaw, who's pretty much a – legend for the Dodgers at this point, probably a statue guy outside the stadium. Oh, yeah. Helps a lot. It's like even just to ha- like see the – if you look at the Dodgers rotation on like baseball reference now and like just seeing Clayton Kershaw in there, I feel like it adds a level of confidence. For sure. And even just – I'm not going to say this is the right way to analyze teams, but this is how I've always yeah, done Yeah, we're it. definitely – we operate <laughs> in only right ways. Yeah. <laughs> when – one could say we're an alt-right podcast. I don't know. Now this podcast gets taken down. <laughs> when Dana White's when, coming to get us. <laughs> oh, no. I could beat him up, I think. Yeah, you got Dana easy. I think I got him. He looks like an egg. Dude, so <laughs> I got so many Dana White stories that have getting started. You you have a relationship with him? Yeah, we're, we're tight. <laughs> yeah. Um, If you look at 
What was I even talking about? Oh, when you look at Dana teams White. on Baseball <laughs> Reference and you just look at names of on your starting five, that's just big for the Dodgers for that because then you say, oh, you got Kershaw is just there. And, like, some people will just automatically put that in the A spot. But just seeing Bueller, Kershaw just helps look at – because I, the perspective now to look at the Dodgers, if it's not insanely good, people think it's bad. Uh, yeah, it's wild. So even just to have Kershaw helps a little bit in a competitive division so that this is – I mean, this is probably looking once we're when we're going to look back on the season. This is going to be like a very important signing. I think so. Even just saying it off the top of your head, what's a you getting a free game set against, let's say, the Mets, and we're going to talk about the trade later. And it's Bassett, Degrom, Scherzer, and it's let's say Bueller, Kershaw, Urias. You feel a lot better about that than Bueller, Urias, Gonsolin. You feel a lot right. better about the Dodgers' chances. So I think huge move for them, underrated move of the offseason, in my opinion. And I wish Kershaw got more than a one-year contract because he deserves that. Yeah, weird. Uh, kind of, kind of. what's the word? Glance? Segway? Glance over these next couple ones. Uh, maybe you have something to say about this. But national sign, uh, Steve Sichek, I think that's the name. And then C-Shack. C-Shack. I've always got that one wrong. Weird spelling. And then Nelson Cruz on a one-year $15 million mm. contract with a mutual club option for a second year, which just screams to me Nelson Cruz is the biggest bat available at the deadline. Yeah. He's also really old. 42 years old. DH in the NL. And Jo- it surprises me that Jock got paid less than Nelson Cruz. I don't know why. Yeah, Jock one year six. I don't know why we're talking about it so much, but it's it's a ton of a puzzling one. It is a weird one. I think it's because he's just such a name, mm-hmm. and he went to the Braves and won a World Series. But like I, when you look at Nelson Cruz's career, his numbers are better many, than Jock. Yeah, like Nelson's insane. Um, this to me, I think, is make Juan Soto happy and. Make him oh. sign an extension because Juan Soto's like Nelson Cruz is one of his idols, and now he'll be protecting him in the lineup. So I think that's what it is. Other than that, there's really no point to this. Oh, I like that take a lot better. I was gonna come at it with like a weird kind of like a pessimistic look. I'm gonna roll with that. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Um. Also, that probably would explain why Cruz got so much money because I'm assuming we're gonna get like similar of a Chris Bryant situation, which we'll talk about. Is like you had to pay him way more probably to get to the Nationals yeah. than to go to like the Padres. So it's right. probably like, oh, we'll give you five million a year more and then come play yeah. with Juan Soto. I like that. Yeah. Nationals take care are- of Soto. I like that. Yeah. Nationals are a weird team because, I mean, depending on how Soto's so career weird. goes, but you're looking at, like, people are, are projecting him to be one, a great, great MLB player. So you're going to see a lot of names played for the Nationals in a lot of years, and you're going to say, they only got one ring, and even that ring was, like, a, not a fluke, but no one was expecting that. So it, it's going to be some weird, like, oh, you got Strasburg, you yeah. had Scherzer. You had, like, Corbin, you had Soto, you had Nelson Cruz on the squad, and then, but it's weird timing for the whole national system. Bryce Harper. Quick Juan Soto, like, segue, because we don't talk about mm-hmm. Soto enough on this pod. Has the hype around, and I don't even want to say hype, because it's probably all legit, but doesn't it feel like baseball's opinion of Juan Soto has shifted exponentially mm-hmm. during the offseason? I got a take. Okay, go for it. The more... Tatis and Acuna play, the more overrated, in air quotes, they get. But the less we see Juan Soto, the more people like him. It is, the more he's like on a bad team, the more lovable he is because yeah, you're the, rooting for him now. The less he plays, the more people just love him. But it's with crazy. the other people, the more they play, 
the more people like poke holes in his game. The uh, you're right. The offseason love for Soto has tripled. It's been we enter if you went last season and you asked anybody pick between these three players, Tatis Acuna and Soto. Religiously, Soto was the guy left out. I did it yeah. a million times on our TikTok and our social media. Every time it was like cut Soto. You ask yeah. anyone this off season, they're willing to give him eight hundred million dollars. It is crazy to me how quickly the perspective around a player can change in the offseason when they're not even playing games it's just like they're not even on the field and the perception and Juan Soto deserves all the loves he's getting I'm not saying he doesn't but it's just crazy to me how a guy can go from underrated to he is the next Barry Bonds and I'm like wow that was fast yeah he has great PR because if you look at he's fun He's fun, but also when you look – like people look at him as just a hitter. A lot of the Tatis critique is his – oh, he's got bad defense though, and he's a shortstop. Isn't that but weird? <laughs> Soto, Soto is not a gold glover. I think it's the position. I think it's the shortstop right field. And um, I don't think when Soto was in the playoffs in 2019, he was like still young, but nobody was like deeming him the face of baseball. Whereas like Tatis, yeah. when Tatis came out, he was everyone was just like he is the guy, and everyone kind of like ran with it so right. hard. Yeah. So it's just crazy to me. The little Juan Soto segment there. Um, Nationals, I hope they get good. Washington is a fun market. A lot of fun fans over there. Yeah, they're like diehard passionate. For sure, we saw that with the that playoff run. Definitely, we didn't talk. I don't know if we talked about the extension, but like the him him turning down a three hundred fifty million dollar deal. It's kind of an interesting one because when you look at the future of, I mean, now you got Steve Cohen in division, you got the Braves and Phillies in your division, all teams that spend and are seemingly all in a win now mode. Marlins on the come up, maybe yeah. they don't like to spend money. Jeter left, but like, what are the Nationals? Like Soto's arc right now is if he stays, it can't be good. It, no. I, I so like what he's doing. It's I, a weird one. You see, I think we're getting um, a really interesting development in, like, baseball GM world. And this is, like, the things that I find interesting. It's because the Acuna contract, like, if you're a player, that's kind of viewed as, like, a red flag. Like, don't – maybe don't take the money that early because Acuna yeah. could be coming up on earning a lot more money than he is. And then from an owner's side, I'm not saying this is true, but – with like Tatis's like injury history, if you want to start looking at that, you could potentially say those that could be a risk of signing a mega deal. I'm not saying Tatis is still going to be a stud, so I, it's interesting to see how Soto handles it because you have two alleys. You have the guy who signed the contract and got a ton of money, like the 13 year contract, and then you have Acuna who signed it really early and got paid. And it's like, what is Soto going to do now? How is he going to approach it? Yeah, especially with the new like. The, the taxes raising getting higher yeah. and higher. Like, he could get insane money. He could be the first $500 million player. And that's it's crazy. And that's wild. And it's crazy. It's just interesting to watch if you're a baseball fan. Watch Juan Soto's like contract negotiations. I think it'll tell you a lot about like the state of baseball free agency. For sure. Uh, okay, moving on from that. Um, we could tackle, let's tackle these trades together. Let's put them together. Isaiah kind of Falefa gets traded to the Twins for Mitch Garver, mm-hmm. for, and Mitch Garver goes to the Rangers quickly. Mitch Garver to the Rangers, I love that move for the Rangers. Solid catcher with some pop, and not even like even taking Mitch Garver, like the guy out of it. I just like the fact that they're trading for a catcher. They got 
like I believe in like middle infield catcher. They got Simeon, they got mm-hmm. Seager, and they signed a pitcher in John Gray this offseason. Are the Rangers going to be good? Probably not. But I like that they're building from like the in like the middle of the field out. I think that's fun. Yeah, they also trade for Martin Perez from the Red Sox, who we've seen kind of a fan favorite. He is like a fifth starter. Uh, he's an arm. Yeah, he t- he tend to be special at times. This I like this move. We haven't. I was diving into Mitch Garver's stats when this happened. He's good. He's good when he's playing. He really hasn't played that much. Yeah, injury guy for sure. Um, he, yeah, but when he's on the field, he can hit. Which yeah, is he's a power guy, yeah. a big MLB the Show player. He mm. just has crazy pops at that position, like a a br god one could say. So I I think his name recognition is higher than maybe it should be. But that's not an insult. Like, he's good. I just think a lot of people know his... I mean, catcher is such a weird position because there's not that many, like, names at the position. Yeah, but it is weird. For the Rangers, this is, I think, a good move. I think it's a great upside move because your point's right. And especially with catcher, like, the biggest asset you have to have is availability at catcher because you just need to be able to... Like, the, you got to be sturdy back there. Like, you got to yeah. catch, like, 130 games a year. And you can... You can be suck at hitting, and you can not be a great defender, but if you're just on the field, you're going to stay in baseball for a while. Like, we see that. Like, you can just last because catcher is such a slim position for people, like, options for players. But I like this for the Rangers because, again, I don't think the Rangers are going to be good this year. But if Mitch Garver is able to stay healthy and have an 800 OPS at the catcher position, that's a good risk to take. Right. This also puts my lookalike and my boy Jonah Heim in a backup catcher role, which I'm a little mad about. But I also think that, I mean, built for the loser's bracket. Come underdog on. You know you're cat, a backup catcher at heart. You're not a starter. Yeah. That's more like you now that Jonah Heim's a backup catcher. It fits your brand even more. It does. Yeah, yeah. But, it, I mean, shout out to Jonah. We like Jonah. We're a big fan. And this kind of set up, the I think, the craziest trade of the offseason so far with mm-hmm. – Josh Donaldson and Isaiah kind of Falefa go into the Yankees in exchange for Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez, which is just so weird that uh, Falefa ends up on the Yankees and he went to the Twins and he goes to New York. That's like a weird, like, that's very odd to me. It is. It's because the Rangers didn't want Gary Sanchez. Which I guess makes sense because Garver definitely has more upside at this age than Gary does. Yeah, they're like, let's just get Garver. We don't really want to mess around with Gary. So then you just... Dump it all on the Twins. Gary also then, only has one year left on his deal, and the Rangers are going long-term there. Y- yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the biggest point of this is probably just the switch of, like, as the general baseball fan, we're AL East kind of people, so we dove deep into it. But the Gary for Donaldson kind of switch. Like, Gary's in Minnesota mm-hmm. with Sano, which I think we talked about this on the Patreon pod. Go listen to that if you're a patron or become a patron. But, like, that's kind of fun. He's going to hit bombs in Minnesota. I like when it. The, at, when the attention's not as, like, harsh on him, he's going to kill it over there. Um, and then Josh Donaldson, clean-shaven as a Yankee third baseman, is interesting. Um, this trade is so interesting to me because I don't get it. I've tried so hard to understand it, and I just don't get it. Like, yeah. the, the logic – I get the point of, like, for if you're the Twins, it makes more sense to me than if you're the Yankees because Gary, same as the Rangers. Got, you're not that good, and Gary has a lot of upside if he's really good. And if he stinks, worst-case scenario, like, he's just not that good on your team, and he walks away. And, like, you got rid of a ton of money in Josh Donaldson contract. So I get that, and you just got a little bit younger. I just don't understand it more on the Yankee side. 
Like, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And also, Josh Donaldson as the Yankees gives me goosebumps, and I hate it. I hate it in every facet. Yeah. I mean, Which maybe is good for the Yankees. Maybe they needed that. Right. In one trade, you rebuild your whole left side of the infield. And if you're a twin, you get to dump salary and get Gary Sanchez, who's a name in the catcher market that's very small. So it is a weird one. I I think it's not really as important in the long, like in the just big picture scheme of things. Yeah, I think it's a weird one. You had a really good point the other day because we're Red Sox fans. And like reacting to this trade, you asked me, like, does it scare you? And no. And I think that's like no. kind of a sign of I don't think the Yankees got like that much better. Like I think Josh Donaldson's a better player probably than Gio Urshela offensively, but he hits a ton of bombs and he'll probably benefit from Yankee Stadium quite a bit. But and he's an AL East guy, like with the Blue Jays, he was a monster. Yeah. So he's he has a, a track record of hitting against AL East teams. But it's just like I don't look at that and go, Oh, the Yankees are like scary now and that's kind of what i expected from them this offseason so maybe it's more of a analysis of their expectations rather than the actual trade itself yeah as red sox fans it's very it's great because yeah you also get josh donaldson and Derek cole on the same team which is so which is wild <laughs> so so we're like chilling in this so maybe that's a bad sign for yankees fans yankees fans aren't happy about it no they aren't and no. i think also my view of the yankees just like growing up as a red sox fan is i've always viewed them as kind of like a really scary powerful like infield and powerful team and like looking mm-hmm. at their infield like they they brought back Anthony Rizzo as well on a two-year contract. True. Like, I look at their infield, and he has a player opt-out after the first year, so it could just be a one-year deal. And, like, I look at their infield, and it's like Josh Donaldson, an old Josh Donaldson, Anthony Rizzo a little past his prime, Falefa, and then DJ LeMayhew. It's good, but it's like – it's kind of like if I were to dump a bunch of players on an MLB The Show team. And then you right. got, like, it, Joe Ga- Joey Gallo in the outfield. I'm like, what is this team? Like, it makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, it – it's not like and even Stanton now. He's not a Marlin. He's now fully Yankee. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of time, but yeah, you look. At, I mean, DJ had great seasons with the Rockies. Donaldson has been everywhere. Rizzo is the Cubs guy. Falefa is kind of like, oh, is he gonna be good? He's kind of good on the Rangers. Kind of a weird. He was a catcher. Yeah. Like, it's such an interesting infield. It kind of feels like. I don't want to say a small market, like a small market team lineup, but it feels like something you'd see in like Milwaukee, where it's like a bunch of right. guys who were like slightly past their prime, but they're yeah. name recognizable, or maybe even like a St. Louis, kind of like what they're doing with their infield. It's like Goldschmidt's there, but he's like, he's not the same Goldschmidt he once was. It, and it's like a bunch yeah. of names, and you're like, oh, but it's like the Yankees who you expect to sign Freddie Freeman and Carlos Correa in one offseason. It's like, it's just very weird. Yeah, they're big market guys that have already gotten their biggest offers they're going to get. Yeah. And now they're it's, – it's like second-tier moves. Not necessarily second-tier players, but the moves – everything they did was not like their first option or the fans' first option. Yeah, it's very odd. Uh, I am going to – I'm very upset that I'm not going to like Josh Donaldson now, which makes me sad. Because I've, like, been a big Donaldson fan for – he kind of yeah. lost me the past couple of years, but I've been a Donaldson fan for most of his career. And now, like, I have to actively root against him, which makes me sad. Yeah, we'll see how relevant he is. I think that will that – that's kind of what the trade is. I mean, Falefa could be, like, a stud. He's a great defender. Too. We should mention that. He's a, yeah. he's a great stud at shortstop. He won a gold glove at third base, I believe, but he can pick yeah. it. Yeah, his, his defensive stuff is a little weird. 
It is. He played but, catcher for a while, too, which is just, like, impressive. I'm like, you can play shortstop and catcher. Yeah. He's just, like, a talent that hopefully they can make click. If Donaldson is, like, per- overperforms by a lot, mm. then everything kind of changes. But that I think that's what they're kind of banking on. So it gets a little risky. I will say, Yankees, wildly entertaining to me. Like, I'm a... I'm excited to see how it goes. Like, I think it could fail terribly or it could work. And that is interesting to me. So, hey, at least I have a reason to tune in besides to, like, root against them. Um, Other stuff that happened will kind of just stop me when you find something interesting. Blue Jays signed Yusei Kikuchi to a free-year $36 million contract. Sneaky rotation builder here. Yeah, let's, let's get into the Blue Jays. Do you, let's just get all the Blue Jays move out on the table here and we'll just like, we'll we'll take a piece of the pie out. Um, Read them off, and I'm gonna urinate. What the 32nd minute, the 36 minute mark for Jack to urinate? While you're going to urinate, I'm gonna tell the people about Manscaped. All right, here we go. Stop right there, guys. March Madness is here. That's correct. Everyone's favorite time of the year, but not everyone can have a perfect bracket. But you, yes, you listening to this ad, can have the perfect set of balls this tournament season with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. Shout out to Manscaped for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You can go to manscaped.com right now. Use promo code ICE at checkout to get 20% off plus free shipping. That's right. You could be the Cinderella story of your bracket and your balls. When the clock's winding down in March, be clutch. Avoid the upset with Manscaped. Ultra premium collection to keep everything under control. We all know how essential the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer is for that precise trim below the waist. Their advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts on your basketballs. We're a baseball podcast, but take care of your basketballs as well. But now you can enhance your big dance in the shower of the Ultra Premium Collection. This package includes Manscaped Premium Deodorant, Hydrating Body Moisturizer, Body Wash, and a 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, plus a free Gift, a free pack of lip balm that makes that's made of ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint. Oh my god, Manscaped, spoil me. That all is included in the ultra premium and collection. Make sure you go get yours today at manscaped.com and use promo code ICE at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. That's manscaped.com. Seriously, guys, don't mess around when it comes to shaving your balls. Nobody wants a hairy set of balls. Manscaped.com, get your lawnmower 4.0. Get the Ultra Premium Collection. I'm telling you, you need it. It's game-changing. Have the confidence to be clutch when you need it most. 20% off, promo code ICE, at checkout, free shipping. Go get it today. Thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Now back to the show. And we are back. Thank you, Manscaped. Yes, so let's talk about the Blue Jays. Not only did they sign Kikuchi... They also trade for Matt Chapman, which sounds just dumb to say. So they trade Matt Chapman, comes over from the Athletics. Uh, A lot of people are comparing it to when Josh Donaldson got traded from the Athletics, which I saw was a cool Mm -hmm. comparison. Uh, In exchange for a bunch of prospects, nobody that, to me, stood out too much. So I'm not also a big prospect guy. But this just makes the Blue Jays infield. What is it? Bo Bichette, Vladdy, Chapman, Chapman, and Biggio. It's just... Maybe the best infield in all of baseball. Well, unless the Dodgers have something to say. It's crazy. Jack, what's your initial thoughts? I really like Chapman going to the Blue Jays. It's a great defensive move. It's a very young infield, so it gives a little bit of experience there. Hitting-wise, you don't really know what you're going to get. He's been declining offensively for a little bit, but Mm. he's been kind of banged up a little bit too. So playing for the A's is is kind of treacherous. So we're going to – 
it's kind of like a oh, hopefully he's good but they trade for him they don't extend him yet but there's a lot of moves going around like oh what are the blue jays gonna do there's also rumors for jose ramirez going there now which is just nuts it's wild but i i think so far this is just a good addition to a very offensively talented young infield and a team that is now extra stacked chapman's a weird guy because if you say matt chapman what's the first thought that comes to your mind like best third baseman in baseball type vibes like he's like up there him and nolan arenado they kind of feel like 1a 1b for people for a long time here but like when you look at his stats like he has struggled a little offensively last year apparently he had a major hip injury that was like preventing him like offensively that like was a reason that he was struggling so that could be the reason we have seen him when he's if he hits 250 with like a 750 ops like he's up there as one of the best defenders or players in baseball because he's so good defensively. It's crazy. Yeah. So he adds so much value to a Blue Jays team. I really like it because it's it feels like a bit of a contrast to everything else the Blue Jays have. Like it feels like the Blue Jays, like with Vladdy and oh, like Bobisha and everyone, they're all young like hitters. That's like kind of their yeah. vibe. And then now Chapman, they bring in Chapman and then George Springer last offseason. Like there's a lot of you're slowly building not only name recognition, but ex- baseball experience and, like, with yeah. what, George Springer, World Series experience. And it's – it's you're adding layers. Not only do you have so much talent offensively, now you have stud defenders everywhere. You got guys with postseason pedigree. Kikuchi comes in. The rotation. We were talking about this last night. You go through it. Gossman, Ryu, Kikuchi. Um, why didn't they sign somebody else uh, this offseason? Barrios. Barrios. Jose Barrios. You go up and down, and it's like slowly but surely, you start finding a lot of names that you can talk positively yeah. about. Yeah, I think the Chapman move is it's not like risky, but it's their kind of they don't really need it to hit. It's just, oh, he's gonna play good defense. Oh, shit, it's crazy and then thing. also if he can be awesome at the plate, like, their lineup is crazy. He has a lot of protection already. Like, you got Vladdy Springer, and now you throw in, like, oh, Chapman is just really good. Whatever he does offensively is butter for that team. Yeah. They don't need help offensively, which is the crazy part. Their lineup is already insane. So if Chapman just hits 250 with pop, your team is in a really good spot. I, what A big thing that I also really love about it is – like, I think this has been a big thing, like, the Yankees struggled with, the Red Sox have had issues with, too, and something that I don't love about the New Age Baseball is, like, position, like, knowing what position you're going to play at every day and, like, having that yeah. lineup consistency, and Vladdy looked so good at first base, we heard rumors of him potentially moving over to third base again this off, which I think would have been such a mistake, so having that, like, hey, no, Vladdy, you're our first baseman. Chapman's our third baseman, Bichette's our shortstop, and, like, yeah. every single day, you know exactly who's playing where, and Biggio's our second baseman. I think that's really good for the Blue Jays, like, to have that, don't worry, Chapman's got third base, Vlad. You just do your thing at first. Yeah, and it lets Bo just be their shortstop and, like, really just grow into that. Biggio's kind of, like, I I don't know if we haven't seen his best yet, or they could just— He's still got put- potential. Yeah, he's got potential, but they could also put anyone at second. If they get J-Ram, they're going to stick him there. So oh, it's be, it's an insane infield. That'd be insane. Uh, the Blue Jays are terrifying to me. They really are the scariest. In my opinion, I think there's a – in the AL, they're 
by far the favorite, I think. I don't besides their bullpen, which is a a big big flaw that they have, but what they've done this offseason, I expected them to be done. Like they brought in Gossman and they brought in um Kikuchi and I was like, okay, they're done. There's no chance they like they can't do anything else, right? And they still were able to bring in Chapman for a trade. And that's it's crazy. Like what they've done is kind of like a clinic on how to build a baseball team. They weren't yeah. terrible, like when they like were like tanked question like tanked a couple years ago. But Vladdy, his major league debut was 2019. Three years later, they're a wagon, and that's like how you build a team: keep your young talent and then build around it. It's good for baseball. Yeah, yeah, they're they're nuts. And even that we're analyzing their bullpen like that—that's true—is a good sign because they'll just trade for at the deadline if they're in that spot they'll just go get bullpen arms on paper they're for sure probably the al favorite at the moment yeah it's crazy people were like well vladdy's not gonna have the same season he had last year i was like if he's 80 percent of what he was last year he still might win mvp like, he was so good yeah. last year he had an mvp season it's just otani exists exactly uh, craig kimbrell to the blue jays lock it in and they're gonna come out of the al that is my developing theory there but yeah i'm if you're a blue jays fan you should be ecstatic quick question AOE's power rankings off the top of your head because we talked about all the major AOE uh, moves already. So off the top of your head, what's your like? Who's the favorite? Who's the favorite or the rankings? Just give me your rankings. You'll give me a favorite and none too. So right now, I'd probably go Blue Jays, Rays, mm. and then Yankees, Red Sox are a toss up at the moment. Yeah, I have it: Blue Jays, Red Sox, Rays. Yankees than mm-hmm. Orioles so I was interested I was just more curious where you would put the Rays because they've been an interesting team to me this offseason as well yeah um White Sox moves quickly they add Josh Harrison and they add Joe Kelly um I only want to talk about this because they're literally signing every single guy in the world who throws 100 miles per hour out of the bullpen and it's so yeah. funny I can't stop laughing yeah I mean if you, if you're in the eighth inning and the camera pans to the White Sox bullpen you can now see Joe Kelly Kendall Graveman, Liam Hendricks, or Craig Kimbrell. That's like crazy. they just can pick and choose. They also got Aaron Bummer, who's who did it down in Tampa for a little bit, kind of a veteran guy with a funky lineup. Garrett Crochet. So, yeah, Crochet's gonna pump 175. Crazy, so dude. they can really they have just a weird bullpen. We don't talk about the White Sox enough because they've gotten they're like really there's like their roster is so good, but in like a weird way. It's like they're so good, but it's like it feels like something still might be missing a little bit. But it, they're a crazy talented team. They are, yeah. It, they did kind of they had a great season last year. They are missing that move that puts them over the edge hype wise. Yes. like not actually baseball wise, but people have not been talking about them. Like last off season, it was all White Sox for sure. But and like- I think that's actually exactly where the Blue Jays are. For this season, mm. not. To, I mean, we'll get this into our. We'll get into this into like our previews, but I think the Blue Jays are in the same exact position as the White Sox were, where they're. I mean, I mean, they're going to be great, but who knows? Once you get to that second tier, this actually might benefit the White Sox more than hurt them because I feel like sometimes that the the team that wins the off season, it doesn't usually track too well in the right. in the regular season, and it feels like it takes a year. Or at least that's my developing theory. Every time we're in on a team, it takes a year before they really, like, find their footing. 
Like, yeah. so maybe maybe this is the year the White Sox kind of come out and like win a hundred games and blow doors. I think they just need to prove it in the playoffs. That's literally their only flaw. It's just like yeah. sh- they do it in the playoffs and then. But I'm rooting for them, man. They're they're a fun team. I like when the White Sox are nasty. It's a lot of fun. Chris Bassett goes to the Mets here. Another trade that kind of just made me like sag my head a little bit and just like. I'm jealous. I wish he was going to the Red Sox because Chris yeah. Bassett, dude, is an absolute stud. It's crazy. I asked uh, asked our friend Jolly Olive what they gave up in this trade. Anything of note? And he was like, you know, uh, one of the guys won Pitcher of the Year in the Mets organization. But otherwise, he's like, it's kind of a steal. And I was like, that's mm. that's huge because Bassett's like an ace. Yeah, I, I think kind of going to the Braves. The Braves gave up a big haul, but the Blue Jays too. Like. The A's are just selling. Yeah, it feels so. like the packages have been light. Like, I expected when I saw Bassett and Chapman to move to have, like, you know, your prospect guys on Twitter be like, this is crazy. I can't believe they yeah. gave up that. And everyone's kind of like, nah, that felt like an easy move. Yeah, this is – I mean, if you have Steve Cohen and, as an owner and then you're making trades, that's just dangerous for the league. It because is. <laughs> the Mets could sign more free agents. They have unlimited money in baseball terms. So – to go out and get Bassett when the the starting pitching market is slim to throw money at, and then you just maneuver this trade is crazy that he landed there. And he's he's a name, but I think a lot of people don't know him as like a dominant starter. But like he's the he was the A's dude. Like he's just has insane numbers, and to just have him behind Degrom Scherzer, like you can put anyone there and they'll probably succeed. But especially when it's a dude that's as good as Bassett, it's a crazy one two three. My only takeaway from this trade is if if the Mets stay healthy, like they could, they're just crazy. That's the only thing that could stop them. Is Bassett has a little bit of injury history, the Grom has some injury stuff, and Scherzer's older. But if all three of those guys are in the rotation every like every five days, it's unreal. Bassett's an ace yeah. on like twenty other teams in baseball. Yeah. He's their number one guy, maybe even more than that. He's their number one guy. Like if he came to Boston, he's by far the number one guy right now, and that's wild to me that he's like now he's the Mets and we're like oh you got Scherzer, Degrom, and then you got Bassett. That's crazy. Their rotation yeah. is like eight deep. It's ridiculous. So Steve Cohen just maneuvering left and right, and especially. Like, there's been a bunch of trades going to the NL East. It feels like the divisions that are – it feels like every team is just matching people in their division because Bassett goes to the Mets. He's obviously loaded. And then Olsen goes to the Braves because Freddie Freeman's leaving. Well, Matt Olsen goes to the Braves. Same thing, kind of like a small package. But then he signs like a big extension, eight years, $168 million for Atlanta. And it's just like kind of like an arms race going on there a little bit. I don't really know. But any thoughts on the Olsen trade? Yeah, and at least it's getting interesting. I feel bad for the Marlins and Phillies. I don't um, feel bad for the Marlins because they have such a layup in Nick Cassianos, who's still out there, by the way. You know, we don't really talk about him a whole lot. Right, but I mean, what? that doesn't matter. Like, why sign him? Oh, yeah, but I meant like they, they're not even trying, so I don't even care for them. Yeah, yeah. It, I kind of feel that way about the Phillies. Not in that the way that they're not trying, but... I mean, at that point, it's just like give up. I heard, um, I saw a tweet. I think it was from Trevor Plouffe the other day. And he was like, Matt Chapman, like, he's like, I, I know that Matt Chapman could have been a Philly. Like, they had an offer on a deal and Philadelphia yeah. said no, which is so dumb. Because if Chapman goes to the Phillies and we're like, Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, JT Remuto, Matt Chapman, all of a sudden we're having a conversation about them being like 
you know, that they're good. Yeah, I mean, and that can still easily happen if you go up and pick Chestianos for story. Sure. Like, you can do it, but at the same time, when the Braves and Mets are in your division, it's kind of impossible to throw these long-term deals. It like is true. That, that Harper contract, he won MVP and the Phillies didn't make the playoffs. That's good. It's, yeah. it's an interesting. That's like so that weird. Might be, that might be the best Harper year you get from that contract, and you weren't even in the picture. That is, that's a good way to put it. Being the third team, like being – the Phillies are in such a bad spot because, like, they have Dave Dombrowski who's supposed to be, like, a World Series guy. Like, you, you sign him to yeah. win a World Series and then you suck. But at the same time they did that, the richest person in the world bought the Mets and the Braves have an absolute wagon for the next decade. And it's like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird weird place to be in. Olsen goes to the Braves. I think, I think it's a good move. He's – hot guy. yeah he is um, he is hot <laughs> yeah it, it's a best possible case scenario to replace freddie which we can get to next but then you extend him so you get him for a total of eight years for a good deal so it's like i, I think if you're a braves fan you can't really complain it's a weird thing because i've gone through like 10 different emotions of this trade at first i hated it because i was like freddie should be a brave for life you know freddie freeman's like he just won them a world series he was an mvp but when you really look at how Atlanta's operating, like with some more time and like perspective on it, it's it's kind of a smart move because Olsen's younger. He, Freddie Freeman's better. Don't get me wrong. But I say Olsen's probably like 80% of what Freddie Freeman is and how the Braves have been so good at like managing salaries and not getting themselves into bad contracts, whether it be Albies, Acuna, Riley Swanson they've like kept their like team young and like kept that payroll consistent and that's kind of what they just did with Matt Olson like he's younger than Freddie the deal's only eight years 168 the AAV's not bad at all it's not one of those contracts that like even if Olson's not that good it's not a contract that's gonna like screw you over for the next five or six years I kind of like it like they're getting younger from Olsen to Freddie, and it's like keeping that window open even a little bit longer. And if you're going to lose Freddie Freeman, at least like it's a good way to lose it if Matt Olsen's your backup option. Yeah, they kill it with these long deals, and they get the most out They're of so the good at it. player. So, so yeah, I, the Freddie, Freddie goes to the Dodgers, six years, 165. Six years, 165, was that the official number? I'll pull I it up so. right now. I thought it might have been a, six years, 162. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit different. So when you look at that, it's like you could have definitely paid that. It's not that different. Well, I did see an, an offer. I, I saw a report that Freddie Freeman got offered five years for the same AAV from the Braves. So yeah, which I, I have a hard time critiquing the Braves. And like if we're going to like think about it besides like Freddie Freeman should be a Brave for life. I would rather sign Matt Olson to an eight year contract extension if that way, and then, like, if Freddie Freeman wants six, I'd rather just go Olsen for eight. Yeah, I don't fully—I must be missing something here, but I don't really understand how Freddie needed that one extra year. I mean, the money is similar-ish. Obviously, like, $10 million difference even is crazy. Yeah. But if you really wanted to stay with the Braves, you can't—like, that five-year 150, and maybe Atlanta was literally not budging a little bit, but if you—what if you get, like, five years 160? Or did he really just need that sixth year because maybe he plans on, I don't know, what is he planning on sucking that last year and he just wants to get paid? I don't know. Freddie Freeman's the weirdest free agent in the world. I did want to talk about this. This whole, like, offseason has been really weird because it felt like Freddie Freeman wasn't a free agent, like, before the lockout. 
It felt yeah. like he was the brave. Like it was, it was guaranteed. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, he's just going to be with the brave. So it's Correa's story. Those are the guys that we got to look out yeah. for. And even as the rumors picked up and it was clear that other teams like were more interested in them, it felt like Freddie Freeman was going to be a brave. And everybody was like kind of locked in on that. And you look at Freddie Freeman's stats, and they're crazy good. Like, he's a stud stud. He would make any team better. But then we started looking at, like, where he could go, and everyone was, like, poking holes in it and starting to critique it. And maybe it's because first base is just not super valued in baseball anymore. Or my developing theory that I teased earlier is just that, like, the free agent market is just such a weird place to be. Like, if you're on the free agent market, you're either the best team in the world or you kind of suck. Like, that's, like, where the teams that make the big moves are. You're either, like, a bad team and you're, like, the, the Rangers and you're spending a ton of money to make yourself mm-hmm. interesting. Or you're, a, like, but, like, like Heim Bloom and all how, how these guys want to operate. You're, like, you don't want to live on the free agent market. It's not super successful to live like that. So Freddie Freeman being 32, I think it's just people see the age and they're, like, oh, he's going to suck in two years. And that, like, number scares them. And I get it if you're Freddie. I do. Like, I understand, like, oh, you want to go back to the Braves, but realistically, once you get to the age of 37 years old, you're not going to be making $26 million a year. So, like, if you get the option to make another $26 million a year at the age of 38, like, you're if you made it to the market at 38, the Braves wouldn't give you that deal just to be like, hey, you're a Brave for life. They would try to nickel and dime you. Like, what the Dodgers yeah. are doing with Kershaw. So, if I'm Freddie, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I got to watch out for myself. I'm going to go get as much money as possible. So, I get it. But it, it is weird. Yeah, I think this was a lot. It was all on Freddie. Not that he made the bad thing. I agree. But this was... Because now ports are coming out, and we obviously don't. We just worked with what we have. But Rays, Padres, Red Sox, Yankees, Braves, and Dodgers were all strong pushing for Freddie. And comes out that he definitely just didn't want to go to New York. They probably would have given the money, but he just didn't want to go there. And so then you just think it's down to Atlanta and the Dodgers. And when you look at the money and the contracts, it's not that it's, big. It's not that big of a difference to see, like, oh, why did the Braves just push a little bit more? Or why didn't the Dodgers ask for less? It, like, if he really just wanted to be a Dodger? All that stuff is weird. And we haven't even gotten to the fact that he's now on the Dodgers. Yeah, the last note I do have on Freddie, um, quickly, because we do need to talk about how crazy that is, yeah. is it is... um. It's a weird scenario because obviously you never want to be like, oh, this guy didn't want to go back there. But I think if you're a Braves fan, I'm a lot less upset that Freddie left today than I was like two days ago. Um, Because I'm like, oh, you know, we offered him like a contract that was like you can you're not going to sneeze at that. It's a good contract offer. It's you could get better, but it's like a representable offer for like what Freddie Freeman is worth. And like, obviously, if you have the ability to go get Matt Olson, I did hear, though, that apparently the Braves didn't tell Freddie that they were trading for Matt Olson which might have hurt his market. That's kind of a, like a, you know, I would have, that, that was a weird thing. But other than that, like, the Dodgers are absolutely loaded now. Yeah, I mean, you could also look at it the other way, though. Maybe the Braves did know they weren't getting Freddie. That's true. And that's why they went out and got medals. Because we heard a lot of teams wanted the first baseman. Like, the Blue Jays were sniffing yeah. around, so you got to you gotta act fast. So uh, that's, that's a good point. But Freddie Freeman in the Dodgers line, I got to pull up the Dodgers projected lineup because I saw, it's crazy how good it is. It's wild. I've seen a lot of like kind of conflicting points about this too. And I think that's why it's kind of all come together as people don't really care that he's a Dodger. Last season kind of was the, 
they just get everyone. This is unfair. And now people are like, sure, whatever. I don't care. Hearing the saying going to the Dodgers has just become numb to me at this point. Yeah. It just makes sense. Even just on a free agency and trade basis, not just their own talent being really good, we've seen them get go out and trade for Mooty, trade for Max Scherzer, and Trey Turner, and now they sign Freddie Freeman. That's like three, four moves in a row of cherry-pitching the best of the best, just saying, yeah, you're you're on our team now. I, I do have to say, um, my only—I agree. It's crazy what they do. I have to kind of tip my cap to the Dodgers, though. Because every – it's like kind of like what the Mets are and everyone's like, oh, you buy free agents. Well, your team could do that too. Like the Red Sox and the Yankees and these teams have the ability to do it. The Dodgers kind of just put their money where their mouth is. They're like, yeah, your luxury tax, screw it. We're going to go over it. We're going to go get Freddie Freeman. And I kind of – is it bad for baseball that like there's a super team? Maybe. But I kind of respect the hell out of that, that they're like, we're the Dodgers and we're going to go literally pay whatever it takes to get this guy. And I, I kind of like that. Yeah. It, and – the weird thing about the Dodgers, too, is, and I guess just sports and life in general, let's get deep. Ooh, let's get life deep. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at this lineup, not every team will have, will play like that player. Yeah. Like last year, Bellinger was bad. Mookie didn't really play. Like Muncie had one of their best seasons. Like Seeger is now not on the team. So there's always weird stuff. There was like a point last season when we looked at the Dodgers and we're like, oh, what's going on? They had like some random guys playing. You're like, what's happening here? Yeah. They just, I mean, if you look at the Dodgers like five year chunk that we're kind of in, like this dynasty that hasn't won that many World Series, but it's just a regular season dynasty, the name, they've had so many. Names like yeah. every big name have just been on the Dodgers. It's weird. We're gonna look back and be like Max Scherzer, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and like all these guys. Trey Turner, Corey Seager were all Dodgers at one point, and it's like, it, I will say the pressure on the Dodgers is big time now. Like I said, we say that every off season, but it, it's really big. They're one through uh, nine lineup. I got to pull up not to cut you off real quick. Uh, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Justin Turner, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, Will Smith. They resigned Chris Taylor this Chris Taylor this off season. Mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger and then AJ Pollock is their nine hole hitter. Yeah, and their DH. It's crazy because now they have a DH, so it, the lineup gets even more scary. It, oh, wow, that's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's Trey terrifying. Turner doesn't get talked about enough on that team. Yeah, they have Trey Turner, who people were saying like, "Oh, is he like the best shortstop in baseball?" He's heavily underrated, and it's—I mean, it's nuts <sighs> that Corey Seager and Trey Turner were on the same team, same infield, and Mookie Betts is guys. Freddie Freeman has got an MVP. Like Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich are really interesting stories to look at over the course of their base. You know, Christian Yelich is thirty years old. Yeah, I did not know that until I looked it up yesterday. I was like, I thought he was like 25 for some reason. Mm-hmm. But if you look at this lineup, Freddie's got an MVP. Mookie's got an MVP. Belly's got an MVP. Trey Turner's got MVP votes in the bag. You go up and down this lineup and you're like, even if Mookie bats is out for the season, like he gets hurt, like like not hoping that, but say that happens, we still look at the Dodgers as like World Series favorites. And you say that about any other team that you could lose your best player and your lineup could still be the best in baseball is crazy. Yeah, they go out and get World Series champion and MVP in the last two years, Freddie Freeman. Wow. Keep going. And the Padres and Giants, who are your competition, they're both really good teams— they haven't made 
a big splash. Like, so the Giants have, like, taken that leap ahead of them because the Padres have just gone out and getting people. Giants haven't really made any big moves, and now you go out and get Freddie Freeman. It's kind of a power move. Want to know what's the craziest thing about this move? The Dodgers love getting guys who just won a World Series. Mookie Betts yeah. just won a World Series. They bring him in. Trey Turner just won a World Series. They bring him in. Freddie Freeman. Even though like a lot of the guys who won a World Series with the Dodgers aren't there anymore, they still got the most experience ever in that lineup. It's crazy. Yeah. They've all been there at the highest stage and come through. Like go through the postseason pedigree of that roster, and it's just it's intimidating. Uh, I I know this is kind of like a like a season preview question, but I, I have to get your your feel on this. Mets Dodgers right now, who you got? Um, probably Dodgers. I like the Dodgers better strictly for their experience. Like, yeah. like I just mentioned, they've all got like World Series in the bag, and like Scherzer helps a lot with the experience on the Mets. I think he's like his experience, even like not pitcher wise. I think that helps massively. But the Dodgers, man, it's like every single guy in their roster is has been the dude in a postseason run and come through. Yeah, looking, there were so many heavy rumors about it that I think baseball fans just came to a conclusion about it and kind of Matt Olson getting scooped up by the Braves kind of took like the surprise out of it but a year ago you say Freddie Freeman's a Dodger crazy that's just that's almost like Manfred has to say no to that (laughs) but now it's just happened and we're like okay yeah Freeman's a Dodger I also think that we have also a lot of people have kind of like undervalued how big of an impact Freddie's gonna have even though we're talking about it being like the greatest lineup ever I think this free agency kind of like put a little bit of a damper on like how people view Freddie the dude's a monster when he's on the field yeah that is probably the one downside of going to the Dodgers yeah they there's so many stars, you can't be a true superstar on the Dodgers For because sure. there's always someone also on your caliber. Who do you think's the biggest star in the Dodgers right now? Probably Mookie Bad. Feels like Mookie. I think even yeah. like I just think it's because of the off the field thing. I think he's the most attractive, like off the field, Mookie Betts. Well, when Mookie Betts is Mookie Betts, he's like the second best player, player in, in baseball. baseball. He's also like the most viable jersey ever. It's like, oh, I want a Mookie right. Betts jersey because he's just yeah. the coolest dude alive. So, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, a bunch of small signings. Jordan Lyles goes to the Orioles. Rocky signed Jose Iglesias and Alex Colomay to one-year deals. Then they also decided to pay a bag for Chris Bryant. Seven years, $182 million in a move that makes me so sad, but also I keep laughing about because it it's very funny. Yeah, the, it's a puzzling one, but I think it's just – it's a – no team that's going to compete wanted to pay him money. Yeah. He doesn't have a position. He's not like as valued as he should be. Not really his fault. It's just kind of like how it's shaping out to yeah. be. There's so many good third basemans right now, and there's a lot cheaper left fielders that are can win a gold glove. And then the Rockies, <laughs> I, the only thing I can't wrap my head around is just why they gave him so much money. That that's a good one. Um, the, there's a couple things that confuse me. I need a baseball bit from Foolish Baseball on Chris Bryant. Please, somebody needs to explain to me why he's not as valued in baseball. Because I feel like it's like a universal thing at this point. He goes to the Giants, yeah. they don't like him. He hits free agency. The Rockies are the only one willing to pay him. It's I need to understand like what am I missing with him? Is it just because he doesn't have a position and he's going to keep aging so. and that people are worried about that? But the DH is in DNL now, so even if he ages out of position, he's still a good hitter who could play DH and he's really good. So, yeah, I I think it's just him hitting free agency at a 
at the wrong time because Maybe. he's young enough that he needs a big deal and he's that big name. But you're not gonna sign him for a two year deal because obviously, yeah. like he seven year one eighty two is what he got for the Rockies. I mean, for him personally, it's awesome for sure. He got Colorado hit bombs at Coors Field and just like not you just like play baseball and try to do your thing kind of disappear from the limelight it's very different than going to the Mets like I guess you could maybe critique him being like oh if you wanted to win a World Series you'd not go to the Rockies he's already got one in the bag yeah he he came up in that ultra competitive like winning the first Cubs World Series I I like it for him it's just the Rockies I mean they give away Story and Arenado and then they go get Chris Bryant just doesn't I mean it there's just no way it makes sense. A couple of things to make it even more confusing. I know you uh, pointed this out. No trade clause in a contract, so he's a Rocky for yeah. life. And um, another thing is they're still pa- they paid forty five million dollars to the Cardinals to trade Nolan Arenado. So if you add that to the Chris Bryant contract, they're basically playing exactly what Nolan Arenado got paid. It's like why wouldn't yeah. you have just re-signed Arenado instead of letting him go and then bringing in Chris Bryant? Yeah. Yeah, from the organizational Makes standpoint, no it just yeah you can't you just can't wrap your head around it. It's more just a player has to sign somewhere, and the Rockies were like, sure, let's we have money to spend. On the Chris Bryant level, could, it's awesome. Yeah. It is so good. Like he to now buy a home in Colorado. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get dealt. He's just going to hit tanks, and that will be his MLB career. Also, um, I do agree. Like, there is sometimes as a fan that if you like, I think the Freddie Freeman contract's a good example of it, where it's like the five-year, six-year offer, and it's like the same AAV. If you go, if you wanted to be a Brave, you would have gone back, that type of thing. But when it comes to Chris Bryant, I bet you if we get the offers, I don't know if they'll leak them, but I would love to see what his other offers were because I bet they were like four years at like eighty million. And then the Rockies offered him like seven one sixty. If I'm Chris Bryan, I'm double middle fingering everybody. Like none of you guys value yeah. me. I'm going to get my effing bag in Colorado because yeah. you guys are all like treating me like crap in baseball. So good for him. Um, I did have one other thing. Oh, also optimistic. Look, I'm gonna give a little golf clap to the Rockies because we always get very um, we always critique teams when they don't sign players, bad teams. We're like, you know, spend money, you know, make baseball. Like Everyone always says that. And the Rockies went out and paid a guy. So I guess that's a good thing for free agency and stuff, that bad teams are willing to pay money for players to make that their team more interesting. Although it's a like baseball-wise, it makes no sense. At least if you're a Rockies fan now, you can go to the ballpark and you can be like, oh, Chris Bryant, I know him. I can buy a jersey. I can watch yeah. that. So on the point, it's we have to give props or props to do. We can't come on and critique it because now if you're a Rockies fan – you buy a Chris Bryant jersey, that's like a good seven-year investment for you. Right. Uh, it's it's just there's no point. They are – they're spending money, but they're tanking still. I agree. But because you're spending all your money in one spot instead of actually building a good roster. It's a dumb move, but at least the fans have something now. And that's sure. that I'm happy with. I'm happy for Rockies fans. You can get a Bryant jersey, and it's going to look really good. And that mm-hmm. I'm okay with. So that's my positive. If there's any fans left. That's a that's a great counter argument right there. <laughs> but, you know, I'm happy. I saw uh, something crazy about Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo's contracts and, like, the total amount of money they got paid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, good for those guys. You know, I thought Rizzo was going to be a Cub again. And then Schwarber, who we're about to talk about right now, like, all four of those guys who got traded from the Cubs got absolutely paid. I would say when you look at that team, Schwarber got – the best contract. And we're going to talk about that right now. I agree. Kyle Schwarber, four years, $79 million. He's going to the Phillies, 
which I love for the Phillies. Schwarber is a weird guy because when he came over to the Red Sox last year, he got kind of traded for nothing. Like it was a pretty like like last second at the trade deadline deal. It's like, oh, yeah. we got Kyle Schwarber. But all he's ever done is just rake when he's healthy. Like when he's on the field, he's not a great defender, but I think this is the first example of what the National League DH is doing for the market. Because if it's just the AL, Schwarber's not getting four years, $79 million. That's like a big boy contract right there. This is a interesting deal. I think it's a lot. If if anything, this highlights obviously Schwarber's really good, but also Dombrowski effect because you Peterson mm, okay. he gets one one year six <laughs> and then Schwarber, who I mean lefty DH, who he can play defense, but so can Jock. He's he's getting eighty million. It does kind of feel like the Phillies um, a reactionary move a little bit, like. Freddie no, Freeman, um, not Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson and Chris Bassett just came to our division and we're in win now mode. And they're yeah. like, we can't miss out on somebody. So we're going to get Schwarber. I, it's when you, I mean, you look at Romuto, Harper, and Schwarber. It's a good lineup. Though, those are three good bats and also three of like the top guys at that position. For sure. But Romuto being like the number one catcher, Schwarber's up there for DH whenever he's playing DH. And then Harper just won MVP as a right fielder wherever he plays. So that's a good look, but then again, you're the Phillies in that division, so it's kind of like, I don't, is the DH move, mm. like, it? I don't know. It's a weird one, because I don't think Kyle Schwarber moves the needle for me on the Phillies. No. I do think they needed it, because they had no lineup protection for Bryce Harper, and he just won MVP, and, yeah. like, you have to keep him happy, and you have to keep, even if you're not doing good, you've got to keep Harper happy, and you got to keep that, like, the pers- or the vi- image that you're trying to win right now because you are so I think bringing Schwarber in helps with that and also he's just a great hitter and he makes your lineup deeper and you still have good players on the roster it's just kind of like the point you pointed out of like did Dombrowski do this because he's Dave Dombrowski and he's likes to pay a lot of money or is it the smartest yeah. baseball decision yeah I mean looking at the team he was on the Red Sox and his Red Sox fans were like bring back Schwarber bring back Schwarber I don't think the Red Sox Fans want him for four years, eighty million. I think if he signed that contract, I'd like, I'd be like, huh? It's yeah, but it's a, it's an insane contract for Schwarber. And Schwarber hits. He had a nine hundred OPS last season, but he is a DH, and like he is getting a little older. And he also, I think if I thought he was going to get like three years, forty five million. And yeah, like that's what I thought his number was going to be at. Like you look at what Nelson Cruz yeah. got, you look at what Jock got, and like what the DH market is. And then Dave Dabrowski yeah. was just like, "Yo, I'm going to give him everything." <laughs> I was thinking like, "Oh yeah, like one year, twelve million, yeah, something like DH that, somewhere, and like be an underrated player, but like for years, thirty six. Go get your bag, Ooh, yeah, like something like that for sure. Also, it's crazy to me because I think if Kyle Schwarber went to other teams, he has a m- much different effect. Like if he went to Milwaukee. I'm talking about Kyle Schwarber much differently than I'm talking about him right now. Yeah, it's a good move, like, by the Phillies. But, so I just, I don't know, you can't really critique it because the move itself is good. The fit is good, but it it would be, there's a couple other landing spots that make more sense. Mm. But I think for overall, like, good for the Phillies and good for Schwarber. They did need offensive help. And he adds an element. He fills the DH role. He's one of the best DHs in baseball, and he's an amazing hitter from the left side of the plate, which also helps, brings balance to your lineup. And even, I think it's 
I think it's more because of how the Mets and the Braves looks. But still, if you're the Phillies, this is still your window. So even though, like, Schwarber isn't Bassett or Olsen, you still got to try. Like, you got to go out there and do your best. And yeah. if Schwarber is the best option, and, like, if they bring in Castellanos as long with Schwarber, I'll talk about the Phillies a little differently. And Right. I, I do like that move. Even Story, too. He's yeah, on the bring market. in another guy. They, need a, they could use a shortstop. Like, it's kind of crazy. When you look at the season, because obviously offseason is so different than what actually happens during the season. Braves won the World Series last year. There's a world. There's for sure a world the Phillies make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And there's definitely a world where the Phillies win the division because it's mm. baseball. It's definitely the offseasons of the Mets and um, Braves make that a little harder, but it's baseball. So you're right. The moves they make, like – you. There's you still gotta go out and do stuff now. It, it just it does. Looking back, a couple of years ago, they had opportunities yeah. to make other moves, and now they're probably like, oh, we should have gone all in, all in that year instead of just letting the Braves and Mets become these powerhouses. I also just wish that they traded Alec Baum for Matt Chapman, signed Trevor Story, and brought in Kyle Schwarber. Like if you're gonna go for it, if you're gonna That's be a, a great offseason, if you're gonna yeah. be a bear, be a grizzly, man. If you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna try to compete, like leave it all on the table and like go for it now because. It's... But also, um, I do want to say a couple quick things. I think that the one the expanded playoffs is a big factor here because it's now a you don't have to win a division, just get in the dance. And I think the yeah. Phillies are a team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs. Great lineup, two headed monster and Nola Wheeler. Like that's a good team that. And they also brought in Brad Hand, and they also brought in Archie Bradley and, what, Familia uh, from the Mets? Yeah. No, they didn't yeah. sign Bradley. He went to the Angels. They brought in Familia, and they brought in Brad Hand. So they're adding guys to the bullpen, although, like, you know, Familia's had his troubles in the past, and Hand's kind of fallen off a little bit. They brought in Corey Kniebel before the lockout. He was the guy who started the game in the playoffs for the Dodgers. They're making moves to address their issues. They needed a power bat. They needed bullpen arms. And expanded playoffs helps, and I also like – the Phillies doing the Schwarber contract, again, being optimistic, though, on today's podcast. Because I think that balances out the people, like the Dodgers, like even though the Dodgers are doing it, that's what prevents teams like the Dodgers from happening, is having a market where the Phillies are willing to pay Schwarber $80 million, even though they're not like the best team in the division. So I do think that I like that angle of it. Yeah, the Phillies are a really good team that is projected place third if they were in the nl central they are the favorite in the division by far yeah i i have to dive deeper into like their rotation and bullpen because they got that two-headed monster sure. but like what is like you they gotta do something with starters to keep up in that division too i so. agree i would have um i hope maybe they'll pull off something for like mania uh from the a's or something that'd be fun yeah i would like that if would, they added another arm i think we could talk ourselves into the phillies a little bit i like yeah I like the idea of this year you being all in on the Phillies and like the past two years I was and yeah. now you're the Phillies guy. <laughs> no, I hate I don't like the Phillies. Uh yeah, I like Harper a lot, so he he kind of wins me over with them and Wheeler, yeah. so I'm kind of invested on them at this point. Yeah, I, I if Story goes there, I could get dragged in because I'm a big Story guy. That's I like Story too. A big thing that I've come across. We talked about a lot of that on the Patreon. And that's also helps them become an exciting team in that division that might be just be bad for baseball though i think the philly because one of the phillies braves and mets all can't have 100 win seasons in the same division so i i don't know what like what it's just such a bad position to be in one of them's gonna padre 
like last year. Right. They're gonna go like yeah. seventy eight wins, and we're gonna be like, ah, oh, that yeah. sucks. And then they're just gonna. I'd rather story go to like, I don't know, the Cardinals or something like that. Even though I'm not right. a Cardinals guy, because somebody talked me into a story Arenado Goldschmidt infield, and I had a, I had a moment. I loved that idea. So that that is fun. That is hot. So I, be, I we have some other stuff to move on to, unless you have any closing thoughts here. Um, what closing thoughts of the on the Phillies? Yeah, on the Phillies. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm moving on then. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing. <laughs> Do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silence. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about the the Mariners, man, because I've been thinking about them all mm. episode, and I'm excited to talk about them. I can't talk now. Jesse Winker is going to the Mariners from the Reds and with Eugenio Suarez and kind of just a salary dump because Suarez makes a ton of money uh, from mm-hmm. the Reds, and they've been trading out everybody. They traded Sonny Gray to the Twins. They traded um, – What's his other name? They traded Tucker Barnhart earlier this offseason to the Tigers. They traded Amir Garrett to the Royals. Like, they've been just shipping everyone out. And I think Jesse Winker is the most notable one because he's going to the Mariners, a team that needed a bat. Jesse Winker crushes right-handed pitching. It's crazy, his splits against right-handed pitching. So he goes to Seattle. What's your thoughts on that? (laughs) Not yet. Um, I like this move a lot. I love it. (laughs) I think the top two uniform fits so far for me is Chapman as a Blue Jay and then Winker as a Mariner. Did you see that picture picture going around? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, did I see that picture? I lathered myself in mayonnaise and ran (laughs) through the streets. I loved Um, it. (laughs) Yeah, that is a – it just looks really – it looks just right. Oh, my God. So I I like that. I'm torn on the Mariners. Um. I don't know what to think. I mean, and that's good because I agree. they're 1,000% a better team, obviously. But they're in a division that's kind of open but also could definitely not be open in the next couple of years, kind of depending on how other things go. Because, like, the Angels and Astros could just be really good or it could be the Mariners' time. But no matter what, Winker's a stud. And Suarez, if they can tap into his power a little bit, is good. I... I Decent replacement for Kyle Seeger no matter what. So, like, they, they just had a hole to fill. So, I like that move. You take on some salary, but now you have a third baseman. You got a young squad. You got Winker, who's just going to hit. They need more solid bats. I agree. I'd like to – I I like the idea of Cruz coming back, but he mm-hmm. doesn't really fit on that team necessarily. But, yeah, interesting moves. It doesn't – it pushes the needle, but the needle's not that far yet. It's one of those – I'm happy you want to talk about this because I also needed a therapy session with the Mariners because, you know what? I kind of have like a, like a small boner for Seattle sports for some reason. I don't know why. Mm. I just love the market. I love this move so much. These are the type of baseball moves that makes me a baseball fan. Not the Freddie Freeman signings. It's the smaller moves that have like issues with them. Like for uh, Jesse Winker struggles from the left side of the plate. Can he can he hang in there on the Mariners? The teams like the Mariners are the teams that interest me the most. The ones that are they could either be really good, they could be bad, and there's question marks there. And like I love mid like mid free agent signings and trades. It makes me so happy. I love this move for Seattle. I think it's so fun. I like Jesse Winker. Like, the COVID season was the year I kind of, like, first became aware of him and, like, Mm -hmm. what he was doing in Cincinnati. He's a stud. Uh, Seattle had, like, a weird season last year where they had, like, a minus run differential, like, the whole fun differential thing. 
So they shouldn't have been as good as they are. So I think that like the Robbie Ray move, this move, and like the moves they made this offseason has probably put them in the same spot they were last year. Like if we're just going to use baseball logic, because they had so many one run, like lucky, not lucky, but like fluke game wins. Yeah. But it's so fun. Like if Correa leaves Houston, there is a, a easily a scenario where we could talk ourselves into Seattle winning that division. And that is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for several years, they've been probably overperforming. Yeah, I would say that. But they've had, like, a good—I mean, their squad hasn't been, like, great, and they've been playing good. Now I think they have a good squad, so they'll definitely play good. Now they're trying to play great, which is a great place to be in. I, I think they are the ideal wildcard team for baseball next season. Like, if I were to be like, hey, if you're on, like, the fluke of, like, becoming a baseball fan and you want to watch a team, I would say watch the Mariners because they're not too good, but they're fun. They got some names you can invest in. They got a bunch of young guys coming up, like Kalenic debuted last year. Julio yeah. Rodriguez is coming up. He's their top prospect. Like, if you look at their lineup, like, we went through this the other day. Like, they get traded for Adam Frazier as well this mm-hmm. offseason. Like, there's some names there. And I just remember as a kid when uh, Felix Hernandez was, like, at the top of his game, how electric that was and like I just mm-hmm. love that energy and I think it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah I do it the only thing I'm worried about is if they don't have that like bona fide stud ace mm. to like bring in that Mariners energy and I guess just as a whole too like they have they're building this really fun dynamic team but who's gonna lead the charge to a World Series and maybe they don't have that guy yet or maybe we don't know like one of those young guys names yet but even like the rookie there, Kyle Lewis guy. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, he, I'd love for him to take like another step forward too, but there's just so much young talent in baseball and talent in baseball. I don't know if the Mariners necessarily have like any of the forefronts. And I think that's a team that deserves that hype. Don't they kind of feel like the Blue Jays a little bit, but they're missing like a Vladdy? Like they, like with their rotation and their lineup yeah. a little bit. Like if per- performance wise, yes, but I think the Blue Jays have all the stars. Oh, I agree. And none of the underrated guys, and the Mariners have all, like, those underrated guys. Even Winker, like, he's the most low-key stud in the he league. He is a stud. He's also hot. Um, hot but, guy. like, if you if you took Vladdy and put him on the Mariners, like, I think we talk about the Mariners in a similar way. We just talked about the Blue Jays. We're like, wow, this team's really, really good. Um, they're just missing that, like, one, like, stud. I do agree. They don't really have, um like, a face right now to their team. Yeah. and Which I kind of love, it, to be honest with you. It'd be Right, that's true. It'd be interesting to talk to a Mariners fan about that because we're obviously like we do not watch Mariners. Baseball. That's a hundred percent true. I'm gonna this season. I wonder. Though. They're my 10 p.m. team. True. Yeah, I like that. I wonder who Mariners fans would be like. Oh, this is our guy. Like, are they pumped about Winker and like is Winker their dude or is there just some young guy that they just really have faith in? I think it's Kalenic is the guy who's gonna, they're gonna be like if he. Yeah, but he was like so bad. But he came back up in the second half and he was balls. He was great. So I think that if kind of I think his projection is to like be a like one of the guys we talk about as like young talent in baseball, like be one like, oh, we got him. Like add him to the group. That's true. But that's a big if you're right. It's a big like he needs to take a step like that, which is a lot to ask. Yeah, he name like prospect name wise. He's up there. But I think it like out of all their prospects that came up. Like, all he did was just strike out. Like, he just – he didn't make a name for himself. So, that maybe that's the He's word. definitely not in the, like, the Vladdy, Soto, Acuna, Tatis group. 
um, which I feel like they would need. But they're definitely – them and the Phillies I kind of put in the same category. The Phillies have, like, bigger names, but, like, if I were to, like, put them in a series, I think they split it 5-5, like, if they played 10 Mm -hmm. times. Like, that's the vibe I get from them. So I'm excited to watch – again, I love teams that aren't, like, super teams, and they're just like, oh, they have flaws. I'm excited to see how they do. Yeah, Mariners are they a lot of stuff could happen. Like they could be going all in at the deadline or they could just be like not fully our year. Let's wait a little. Like kind of like what you said earlier, there's a world where the Mariners win 95 games and there's a world where they finish 80 wins. Like I could see yeah. either of those happening and I love that. That's so fascinating yeah. to me. Um some other stuff, let's see if there's any other big trades we want to get to. Royal signed Zach Granke, which I just loved mm-hmm. because I was like that's so fun. And a Royals Granke yeah. jersey is must cop. Royals trade, or they signed Granke, trade for Amir Garrett in the uh, dynamic trade deadline package that the Dodgers will probably trade for. Granke goes to the Dodgers at the deadline, rejoins Kershaw in the rotation, wins a World Series. Love that storyline. Could happen. That's, yeah. that's a lot of fun. So, yeah. Also, just kind of uh, quickly on the Reds, the fire sale that's happening in Cincinnati, I feel really bad for Reds fans because I felt like they were on the come up. Like, last year, like, they just missed the postseason. And 2020, mm. like, I know we were all in on the Reds in 2020. They were a lot of fun. And they had, like, some guys. I felt like if they re-signed Castellanos and if they brought in, I don't know, if they brought in Schwarber instead of Phillies, like, mm. I could have talked myself into the Reds being, like, a fun team to watch. And now they're not. I'm bringing receipts here. Um, what did I say? For 2020... I think there's multiple quotes of you saying the Reds are your least favorite team. Oh, I did hate the Reds. You absolutely hate the Reds. You want them to trade everyone away because you hate them. That's true. So I don't know about that, but I do. That's fair. Good critique. (laughs) They went, (laughs) they went all in like a couple years ago, and it just like didn't work out. Yeah. But they are quick to just scrap everything. Yeah, they really aren't riding it out. Um, Also, Sonny Gray is the most interesting baseball player in the world to me. Like, he's one of those guys I'm going to look back on in, like, six years and be like, Sonny Gray? Like, he was – hasn't he always felt like a stud? But, like, I don't know if he has I been. Mean, I think we're developing a theme on the A's. Yeah. Stud when they come up and then they just get traded and kind of have journeyman careers. It's very odd to me. Like, he – because, like, Sonny Gray has been – I remember when he went to the Yankees, like, at that time of his, like, Sonny, Day, Sonny Gray career, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's, like, the dude, dude. That's, like, how everybody was talking about him. And he's just, like – he was good with Cincinnati. And, like, I think he's going to be good with the Twins. But he's just so interesting to watch. So, Yeah. I, I mean, that was the, the – that COVID season, the Reds had, like, a top rotation in baseball. And they were just all balling out. They, and then that quickly – dismantles that was crazy um biggest free agent or biggest i think guy left on the market right now free agent besides Correa and story is luis castillo and what they do with him and because they're trading everybody so who's yeah i think he's gonna get the biggest package because he's really good and he's young so i'm interested to see if like a team like the yankees or like a red sox would they be more willing to trade for somebody than they have been in the free agent market that's like something to watch out for yeah Castillo's a tricky one because he's been on the market for, like, two years. Yeah, for seems, sure. And they've never pulled the trigger. Kind of like a Dallow situation. Or Jose Ramirez. always in trade talks. Yeah, but, I mean, Jose Ramirez is, like, a franchise guy. Yeah, true. So it's more nuts. I, I guess it's more sad that the Guardians would even, like, consider that, but that's just what they do. The Reds, I'm thinking it could be a thing where they don't get rid of him because you need a team. You, Even when you're, like, trying not to spend or, mm. like, 
who really is left other than that? Or I haven't really done a deep dive though, so maybe they could definitely afford to lose that. But they're just they're getting rid of guys. Like letting Winker go is crazy, it's... and then just doing a. I, so I guess might as well just dump the whole team. Yeah, I think this is why I gave the compliment to the Rockies earlier because I was preparing myself to rip the Reds, and I was like, yeah. oh, I can't critique both of them for doing this thing because I much. Even though it's dumb, it's way better for me if the Rockies sign Chris Bryant than if the Reds just trade everybody away and, like, we're just going to suck. Like, it's far more comp- – at least we can talk about and, like, we'll get, like, one highlight every month of Chris Bryant hitting a nuke at Coors Field. That would be fun. Yeah. Like, that will be fun. With the Reds, it's like you just went from a team that was, like, could have made the playoffs and the expanded playoffs. Last year they would have made it if the playoffs mm-hmm. were expanded to now being, like – you are not even, like, we don't even want to watch you because you're not trying. And that sucks. Yeah. It's the unfortunate realization of that it's not, it's just all about money positions, not roster and, like, competitiveness prospects. Yeah, and that makes me sad. A um, couple other things. Rosario goes to the Braves. Really cool. He was fun. He was loved there. Ottavino mm-hmm. um, signs with the Mets. Another, like, sneaky cool signing for them. He was good in Boston last year. We got to watch a lot of him. Yeah. Um, Andrew McCutcheon. To the Brewers. Old man cuts mm. to the Brewers. Really fun one. That For might sure. break my top five. I agreed. So far. It's a really fun one. He's, like, been good. He had the, he had a pretty big contract with Philly. He was five years, $110 million, which I kind of forgot about. Like, that was yeah, a big so, boy payday. He's 35 now. He's a little old, but they traded for Renfro earlier in the offseason. And now, like, like, I'm not saying it's the best moves, but you can talk yourselves into Renfro and McCutcheon adding some pop to that lineup. If they make a big splash, they're quickly very dangerous. They, I mean, they just always make the playoffs and don't quite get there. These moves are good, but I think they're kind of in the same vein as, I like, agree. like, oh, they have Lorenzo Cain. They have Andrew McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. They have Renfro. Those are all kind of, like, the same to me. This is what I was saying about the Yankees earlier. Like, it felt like Andrew McCutcheon, if he, he re-signed with the Yankees, or, like, Joey Gallo went to the, Yankee, uh, to the Brewers at this point, that would make so much sense. But, like, him on the yeah. Yankees feels weird. Um, right. I like I can talk myself into the Brewers. I think they're better offensively last year because I think Renfro had he had a great year in Boston. If he can do that yeah. again, and then Kutch is like he still can have, he has some pop. And if Yelich can just be like even like eighty percent of what Yelich like, can be, like that's also huge for them. I think the NL Central is kind of hurting the Brewers in a way because I think that they could easily win the Central right now, so they don't have to go make that big splash. Yeah. Or, like, them and the Cardinals, 1A, 1B. Whereas if, like, the Cardinals signed story, then I'd be interested to see if the Brewers would be a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. I mean, the Brewers are just always in such a good position because their pitching is so crazy. And their farm system is And their is bullpen wild. is so crazy. Yeah, but, I mean, the Cardinals, the, just the names and their order, it's like if the Brewers just had a little bit of that, then the Brewers are in easy pick to win the division they're an easy pick to upset a super team in the dodgers but they just never make that move and i like castellanos and story are still on the board kind of makes you think like finally go for it and then ooh, this might be my new thing i'm rooting for story or castellanos or correa which is not going to happen but have that go to the brewers get more excitement mm. in the nl so it's not just like matt's dodgers Padres, Giants, like the teams that are just spending and winning, you get a, another boost to be like, yeah, Brewers, let's do it. The Brewers and the Phillies, in my opinion, are like the same tier in the NL. They're like the second tier. Like they're a fun team to watch, but they both have a flaw. Like they both have major flaws. Yeah. 
which is weird because the Phillies are a third place team and the Brewers are a first place team, but at the end of the day in the playoffs kind of equals out. That's what I'm saying. Like I think the Phillies yeah. are if the Phillies were in the NL Central, they don't sign Kyle Schwarber. If the like I truly believe yeah. that. Like I think that's like the benefit of having a really good division is it forces you to be more aggressive. So the Brewers are fascinating to me because like their roster is just weird at this point. It's pretty old if you look up and down. Like, look up and down the lineup and stuff, and even yeah. the rotation. Like, how long have we been saying Woodruff there and, like, stuff like that? Like, they've been there for a minute. Super talented, but it's it's a weird team. I don't fully know how to feel about them. I feel like they're going to – I feel like they got another move in the bag. But I'm excited to watch them. I just wish they would – I wish they would make one move that was guaranteed. Like, I knew he yeah. was going to be – like, Renfro has potential. Kutch could be good. Yelich could be good again. I just wish they had somebody that I could look at and guarantee say he's going to hit 30 home runs this year and your lineup's yeah. going to be better. And I don't know if they do. Yeah, they, they'll they never do that. They just don't do that. It's kind of like the Rays, but they're always hanging around, so who knows? Yeah, I know. Until the Rays were like, we're just going to pay Freddie Freeman. And I was like, oh, that makes no sense. Are there? I want to dive into some Red Sox stuff. Are there any other – Names we have to get to? Uh, let me just do a quick see if there's any big names that we missed. Um, talked about that. Talked about that. It feels like we're missing something. Uh, oh, so I want to say a Suzuki. That was the last big one. Mm, so yeah, yeah. he goes to the Cubs. Five years, $85 million contract. Second biggest contract ever signed by a Japanese ball player. So that's good. It's good yeah. for you, Suzuki. Get paid. And Cubs are another team, kind of like the Rockies in a weird way, where it's like, what are you doing? Why? What are you showing the money out for? I like it, though. Same reason for the Rockies. Also... It's just so fascinating to me, like, the Suzuki sweepstakes because he was great in, like, Japan, but he's pretty, like, he's kind of an unknown. Like, he's, like, you don't know how he's going to play in, like, the majors. He's different than, like, the Velo is just crazy different. So I'm kind of surprised how much money he got, and I'm also very interested to see how much of an impact, like, him and, like, Stroman actually have on the Cubs. Like, that's going to be fun to watch. The Cubs are, uh, they're a weird one, which I, but I think that's, Good I do too. because you're not looking at the Reds and the A's saying, oh, they're just non-competitors. Even the Rockies, they're a non-competitor. The Cubs, they're kind of the anti-Brewers. They make the big moves. Like, they they traded everyone, and then they signed people for big money because they're a big market team. But they don't really fully act like that big market team. But I think Stroman and Suzuki in that division, depending on how a couple other things play out, like, you could... Make a run at the division. You can definitely make the playoffs. And they're still very much in the Carlos Correa sweepstakes. Like, that's still something that's going on. I kind of love what the Cubs are doing. I don't think that these moves are for this year, but we do have to remember, they traded Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, and Kyle Schwarber at the trade deadline last year. I'm fascinated to see how those prospects turn out. And, like, maybe the Cubs see their... See the turnaround of being trading all those guys to being good again a lot quicker than the rest of us see. Maybe they think, oh, if one or two of these guys hit, all of a sudden we're setting ourselves up for maybe 2023. We're in the market again to be a competitive playoff team. Yeah, I, this is the definition of retooling, not rebuilding. Love that. They really they get rid of Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez, and they bring in Stroman and Suzuki. Big names, big market guys but very different. They're different approaches. They're like, this is just getting rid of the 2016 team and trying to bring in this 2025 team that they're trying to build up. Which I love. Like, instead of, like, ripping it down, like, again, 
I'm very into like giving your fan base a product to watch and like respecting that and like making baseball fun and watching Marcus Stroman pitch for the Cubs every five days it's is fun. A, it's fun and watching yeah. what Suzuki does like if you're a Cubs fan now even if they suck like tracking what Suzuki does even as a common baseball fan it, that's like pretty important to watch so it's going to be cool oh, to yeah. see. This doesn't matter, but was Schwarber on? Was he on the Nats last year? Or the Cubs. Oh, you're right. He was on the Nats, um, and he got traded for, to the Nats to the Red Sox. Yes. Oh, that is my bad. Yeah, he did. I thought maybe he got. Schwarber's been on so many teams. I like can't keep track of it. Yeah, that's my fault. Good, good catch on that. I forgot. Was he? He's now on the Phillies. He was on the Cubs. Then he went to the Nats. Then he went to the Red Sox. Then he went to the Phillies. I guess that's not that much. He just like all those teams in my head are so similar. I erased him from the Nationals. That is my bad. I completely forgot about that error. Him and well, Josh I mean, Bell. I'm less like, oh, I <laughs> yeah, that was that off. I talked like, myself. Oh, Nats are making them. moves. <laughs> I, Which I guess in a way, like Schwarber, Schwarber was bomb. He I was think, a great signing. Yeah, yeah, he balled out, but they just traded him. So. Yeah, so I was proud of my prediction on Schwarber, even though the rest of it. Uh, besides that, like if you want to do some Red Sox stuff. I think that's all yeah. the housekeeping I have. If I missed anything, guys, we'll talk about it on the Patreon podcast this week. Yeah. And probably next pod, we'll have to wrap up free agent stuff. We're going to get too, Story, so Correa, and like the rest of like the loose ends. Castellanos. There'll be yeah, some more yeah. trades. Yeah. Maybe like at half. I mean, this is a long pod, but we'll probably do like 30 minutes to wrap up everything next pod. I'm still listening. Thank you. Um, Red Sox fan hour. Mm, I'm excited about this. Reds, the Red Sox kind of for the past couple of years have been out on the big free agents because you got to be, you didn't pay Mookie. So obviously let's, yeah, let's get ready. They've also made the playoffs last year, beat the Rays, almost beat the Astros. Kind of almost stayed in it for a little bit. It was interesting so, for the first three games. I was into yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They beat the Yankees who were supposed to really just be going all in. So it's an interesting spot they're in all around. They've been so-called in on Freddie Freeman, now they're... I got a report this morning that said the Red Sox are now, like, looking into Trevor's story. It's like, what, is, what does that even mean? Like, were they not before? Yeah, what, what did they just, like, erase him off? His, These, did they lose his phone number? And then they're like, oh, let's yeah. go, we got him now. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of... I don't know what's going to happen, but I guess my question is, do the Red Sox need to make a move now that the AL East... Like, the Red Sox can easily be a fourth-place team in the AL East. Yeah, I think they need to make multiple moves. So, so it's kind of like, <laughs> oh, do we have to really get stuff going? I, I, like, is there hope if we don't get story? In my head now, we just need story. I'm looking at the – they signed Jake Diekman, a bullpen arm, to replace Adam Adovino, who we mentioned earlier yeah. went to the, the Mets. They, they've signed a lot of, like, good – they've signed, like, seven – arms like veteran arms that will probably have good seats for sure and like they're they're kind of piecing it together it's it's very weird because my feeling on the red sox is the same as it was last year but i kind of i was wrong last year like i felt last year that the red sox weren't going to be that good and then they were pretty good and they went on a run in the playoffs so i guess i have a little bit of um like take fear like i've been beaten out of me to critique heim bloom's method because i'm like oh i was wrong we're never right on the Red never. Sox. Never. We're never really right about anything, but especially the Red Sox. 2019 came in super high on the Red Sox. They sucked. 2020 came yeah. in high on them. They sucked. 2021 came in low. They were good. He's, so I'm I mean, like. <laughs> also, if you say you go out and get story, then awesome infield, but it kind of mixes up the future. And also the division is so good. So is that the smart move or is this. I, I think what Haim is looking for is that perfect like middle ground because they want to spend. I think I do too. But just what 
on right now, like what's smart. Like Freddy isn't really smart, but it's also like why not? Because you got the money and like you're willing to make a splash. Like what signing will they pull the trigger on? And especially now, I mean, this is the end of our free agency signing pod. There's only like four crazy big names left. The clock is ticking. Is there still hope? I don't know. I'm nervous. See, I I think that we want the Red Sox to sign somebody just to say they signed somebody, which I agree with because I'm nervous. I'm watching what the Blue Jays are doing. But if we yeah. really look at the market, like none of the big guys are really good fits for Boston. Like Trevor Story can – like they can fit anywhere because they're really good players. Yeah. Freddie Freeman might have been the best fit because the first base, but they have a high prospects in Casas who that they think is going to be really, really good, and they like yeah. they value him. But like Trevor Story, if you sign Trevor Story, you're better for one year, but that guarantees that Xander Bogarts is leaving in free agency. So you're not really getting better long term. You're kind of just like patching it and Trevor Story doesn't want to play second base and then all season yeah. you have the weird storyline of Xander Bogarts being a lame duck shortstop. Like it's None of the market, like, none of the people I look at and go, oh, he should be a Red Sox right now. I would just like it for comforting reasons. Right. The obvious move would be get a stud starting for sure. pitcher. But there aren't any out there. But there aren't any, yeah. And they clearly they, they got outbid for the ones that were available. They didn't want to trade because we don't want to trade prospects. I guess the other thing would be outfielders. But now you have Jackie Bradley. One other outfielder would be good because you traded. If they sign Castellanos, I think that's the best fit. I think that's a better fit yeah. than Story. It, it's the best foot. It's the best. Well, maybe it's good feet. I'm not sure. He probably does. His flanges. But I like the Story move significantly more for some He's reason. He's a better player. Story. I think Story makes you a better team. But I think that Castellanos. But like position wise. Yeah, it fits. It, like a baseball fit wise, Story's just a weird fit for the Red Sox. He could work. Like, again, yeah. he's Trevor Story. You'll find a spot for the guy. He's a really good ball yeah. player. But it just it doesn't make a ton of sense. And they also have an opening. No, I guess Martinez is DH. But I would much rather they trade for Sean weird. Manaya, Luis Castillo, and they do that yeah. route than go spend a t- ton of money on Trevor Story. Like, I'd rather them sign Bogarts, sign Devers, trade for a starting pitcher. And just, like, you know, roll with what you got. Like, I'd rather that. But at, but at the same time, I mean, we didn't get Mookie because of the tax. Now the tax is higher. Haim is a prospect guy. I think they're going to spend. I don't think they're going to make trades. It's true. But we're just running out of guys to spend on. I do. I understand. I'm very, like, nervous about this team. Because it feels like there's a lot of ifs. And if they go right, like, the Red Sox could be good. But right. it's a very easy – I can clearly see, like, a an 80-win season, and that scares feels me. Like, it feels like we're due for a fourth-place finish, and that's unfortunate. Do you remember 2014 with the Red Sox and uh, Clay Buckles was, like, the five aces? Do you remember that season when it was, like, they after 2013, they let a bunch of guys go, and they were, like, we, yeah. we believe in it, and then we all kind of just, like, talked ourselves into it because we yeah. were, like, you know, they just won a World Series. I kind of get that vibe a little bit right now. Like, I could see it easily, yeah. like, flipping head. But also, I'm kind of high on Nick Pavetta. Like, I see he unlocked something in the yeah. playoffs. Like, that, dude, I'm talking <laughs> myself into it. <laughs> That's where it gets weird, too, because Yankees fans, I don't think, are thrilled about their offseason. And they kind of have a weird situation going on. Rays didn't get better. They always get better, though, somehow. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I— Randy and Wander just being an issue now. It's just is, a, I, I think people are overlooking that. I saw something. Um, I think shut up, farm to fame. They were like 
Randy's ready for a second year, and I was like, Randy <laughs> for ten seasons. This is his second. Like this is his second official season. I was like, Randy's been giving me nightmares for thirty five years. Most underrated storyline at the playoffs were Randy and Wander dropping their dicks on the field, and we were just like, yeah. oh, oh, they're guys, like like that, and we forget about that. That is scary. That is if terrifying. they went out and got Freddie. Oh my god! No, no, no. The fact that they were even like rumored that. to that was scary to me. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. like the Rays can't spend money. I'm like, yeah. that's that's scary. We can end on this, I guess. Do you think the Rays, Blue Jays, Red Sox, or Padres were ever in on Freddie? No, I don't. I don't think they were. I bet if we got the like John Heyman tweeted out the offer for the Dodgers and the um, for the Braves. There's no chance he – there's no reason – or, like, there's no way he didn't have the other offers. There's a clear reason he didn't tweet them out because they weren't real offers. Yeah. They were, like, probably, like, two years, 50 million or something like that, where it's just, like, like weighing it up to get the price from the Dodgers a little bit higher. Yeah. When you're listening to this, opening day is 20 days away, and Correa doesn't have a team. Correa gives me major Manny Machado vibes. Remember that offseason? It's, it's very weird. It's like, where is he going to go? I'm almost at the point where I'm rooting for Correa to sign a one-year $40 million contract with the Astros and do it again next offseason. That'd be crazy. That'd be fun. I'd be rooting for that. No, I think if you do one-year deal, I think he goes to a the Brewers. Mm, it's weird with it. Yeah, because the Astros want to pay you long term. I think you go if you go if you take a one year, you say Astros, give me more money next year. I'm gonna go go out and ball out for the in Milwaukee, eat some cheese. He did have a seven WAR last season. It's pretty crazy how like we've all talked ourselves into not wanting Carlos Correa when like if you look at him, he makes your team so much better. <laughs> yeah, I think overall he's the top guy this free agency. I think he should have still been. the number one guy. It's just oh, it's been a strange free agency for him. I think the lockout and the pandemic did not help him. The lockout screwed him because he should be getting and, Corey Seager money pretty easily. Yeah. Also, you got to wonder how much him being the face of not – I don't know whether it's deserved, but him being the face of the cheating scandal in the Astros, how much that really affects that. Because talent-wise, I mean, he's a stud shortstop who hits and has been in the World Series three times. And we just named probably – 10 teams that if Carlos Correa goes to, like, Correa signs with the Mariners tomorrow, completely different team. Yeah. Like, we're like, oh, Mariners, like, ALCS. Like, that's on the table. Even if he goes to the Cubs, now you're thinking, okay, Cubs are kind of insane. Or if the Phillies sign him, we are talking a lot differently about the Phillies now. Yeah, I think I'm rooting Phillies. It would fit the villain arc. It would kind of, like, because people, like, think that Bryce Harper is kind of a bat, like a villain, and then, like, that would kind of, like, the energy would match, so... I'm rooting for it all, but it's going to be – I'm so happy that we're talking baseball again, guys. Two-hour podcast, and I could go on for another two hours. We have to cut some storylines short. That's how fun it is. Thanks, Manscaped, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Shout-out to all of our patrons. Don't worry. We're going to be talking more baseball over there and here every single week. And, yeah, mm-hmm. let's hopefully we get some story Korea news to talk about next week. That would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Go check out the Warehouse Teams on YouTube. For sure. Catch up on our tournament. We're playing in a $10,000 Blitzball tournament. Latest game against Shea Station just came out. Did we win? Did we lose? Go find out. No spoilers. And yeah, appreciate you guys if you listen to this point. You guys are the best. Uh, our listen time lately has been crazy. You guys have been killing it. So shout out to all of you, and we'll see you guys next week. So take it easy and stay chilly. Bye.